And we're back. It's just me and Nod G today because Jay and Donovan are ghosting us. It's okay though. Uh, the first post. Jay has work. Uh, we Jay gotta say, work. okay. Jay has work. Jay does have work. So that's Donovan. We'll we got Jay no fast. idea where this guy Donovan's is. Donovan's probably in the California MIA. Uva, MIA. Who knows? But first post game pod after a loss, after a pretty bad loss, honestly. I wouldn't say bad, but Eagles shot the, in my opinion here. Eagles shot themselves in the foot more than the 49ers straight up beat them. Yeah. Look, I, I we're, we're going to get into all of it, but really quickly, and I know we're going to talk extensively about the NFC East at the end, especially given our opponent next week. But yeah, the Eagles lost a game they could have won, and the Cowboys won a game they probably should have lost. And those that difference will start to accumulate if you want to win this division. So all that means is the Eagles now have to win a game that they're supposed to lose because they could have won this game and they gave it away. And look, basically we're, be- we're basically we're beating the chiefs. <laughs> Hopefully, but, yeah. but look like, like, you know, again, we're going to get into all this, but, but this was a learning current game for the Eagles. I know Bo Wolf described it like that on his, on his podcast, but I, I think it's right. The Eagles have a young quarterback, a young coaching staff, uh, they have a lot of young players, although the team itself has a lot of veterans. They've got a lot of young people, young players in key spots. And this was a game that they need to win as they learn and grow and play calling improves and the game plan improves and execution improves. But this is a game you lose as a young team that hopefully you never lose again. Max is showing me a tweet. Carson Wentz is a wild card. He's a maniac. He doesn't care about his body at all. That's absolutely right. We can quickly. <laughs> you want to touch on? Nah, I don't want to touch on Wentz before. That's it's bad. We'll, we'll get after the game. After we'll the post, after. the observations, we'll touch on Wentz. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, going off what Nader said, I think there's a lot of learning curves for this team. It's a new team. Jalen Hurts' his first season actually coming into the season as a starting quarterback. Obviously, that Sirianni, was his sixth start. His sixth yeah, start of exactly. his career. And Sirianni, obviously, he even after the game said, I did a very bad job play calling. And Correct. I agree. He did an awful job. It was it horrendous. Felt like Doug Peterson was, yeah, it felt like Doug Peterson was back here. Horrendous job. Like that when they, after the 91-yard catch, Quez Watkins, that should have been an easy touchdown. Obviously, they had the false start and everything. But the play calling, he wanted to be a hero. He wanted to get this crowd so excited with that Philly special. Like, oh, my God, they ran it again. Another a huge I touchdown. It, it was a terrible idea. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. If it worked, I would have been like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that was effing awesome but it was such a bad idea you should have just given it to either sanders and that's one of the things that i did see once brooks went out with the whole and dickerson coming in they were blowing it up pretty well for those like short yardage run games a lot of times brooks what he's best at is just kind of running over a defender yeah no the the niners d-line liners d-line is very good and they they had a lot of trouble with it i i jeff mcclain said that there may have been a chop block on the the second and goal from the one that sanders lost three yards on um but there's I a lot think, of missed calls in this game too. I mean, we, the, refs we don't want to, the refs were bad, but we don't want to. That's not what no, I mean. no. It wasn't the reason they lost. I'm just yeah. saying in general, both sides. Yeah. So how do we want to structure this? You want to start with? We can go through the game, or we can go through just offense and then defense. I don't know what's your. Want to go quarterback to DBs? Sure. Well, I'll start with the quarterback. Obviously, Jalen Hurts. I think he looked pretty good. Like he definitely missed a lot of throws, but there were some beautiful balls. As I mentioned earlier, the Quez Watkins 91 yard catch was a beautiful ball. Pressure in his face in his own end zone. Delivered it right on the spot for Quez. And then even the Rager called back touchdown yeah. was a great ball. Like Rager, yeah. honestly, I think he got pushed out a little bit. And like, I don't think that would have been a touchdown still, but it should have been illegal yeah. touching, in my opinion. Right. Or on I, them, not us. Well, yeah. Quickly on that play, I mean, as Sirianni said afterwards, Rager should be positioning himself better 
to have space along the sideline when he gets pushed. I agree. There's definitely things to nitpick with that. And, and hopefully that's something he can improve on, but I still think that's a net positive that play. Yeah, it was encouraging. Cause you're right. right that, that's a good route by Rager. It's should good control him. down the sideline. I know he stepped out, but it's good control down the sideline. A lot, a lot of times in that situation, Rager is not fighting for the ball. That time he fought through contact, went up, yeah. made a catch, you know, if his foot is a little bit smaller, he, he, he's in, in a right. Time. Like, as it's a, so it is what it is. Like, it is what it is. It's a good throw up on Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think Hurts was fine. I, I, he was good, I, not great. He was like, this is sort of, I think, what people had said they had expected coming in was this sort of offense. Um, I'll say a couple of things. Jay on Twitter pointed out that for all six games of Hurts' career, the Eagles, and really by, by that we mean Hurts, has thrown the ball to, to the edges near the sideline far more frequently than he's thrown it across the middle. I was actually reading actually earlier about how he, they like to push him to the right side of the yeah, field. Josh, the I think left. it was Josh Norris who said that 64% of his throws past the line of scrimmage have gone to the right side. Yeah, something like that. Um, I initially had responded to Jay and, and said that that I think that that's a Sirianni thing of not targeting the middle of the field. Obviously, either Hertz or the coaching staff is uncomfortable with him throwing it across the middle. I kind of want to take back what I said to Jay. I think this might be a little bit more on Hertz, only because everybody noticed the tight ends were not involved at, not all, at all yesterday at all, um, which is bad. We have two of the best tight ends in the league. We have two probably top 10 tight ends in the league. They should Earth be is borderline. Place. So it's got it, but you have, you have probably one of the best tight end tandems in the league. I think you have the best tight end tandem in the league and, and those guys should be involved and they play a lot. And I think, I think if the coaching staff was worried about the middle of the field and was calling plays designed to the edges, then they would be focusing more on getting the tight ends involved in another fashion, as opposed to if the coaching staff has, you know, plays drawn up where tight ends are open across the middle and, and, and Hertz is just not hitting them. Then it's more on Hertz of just not making the decision to throw it there. And I think, look, there is also a chance that uh, I, we don't watch the all 22 max and I, we get, we, we take in a lot of content from other people who do watch it and from smart football guys, but there's also a chance that Hertz isn't getting off his first read. Right. A lot of a lot of offenses are designed. You start on the edges and your reads go from right to left or left to right. And you start at one side of the field or you start with one route. And then there's a natural progression when you turn your head either either deeper down the field, do longer developing routes or you're starting on the right side of the field, scanning your progressions and moving right to left. So there's a chance he's not getting off his first read. There's a chance that Sirianni's offense is just designed for the edges of the field. And there's a chance that he's just uncomfortable throwing across the middle, even when he knows guys are there. So I don't know. We have to set something to monitor. I don't think that was their problem. I think their problem, honestly, a Hertz was inaccurate a little bit today. We saw that the deep balls that he missed. There was a one to Devante, one to Rager. He missed a couple of deep balls. I've heard a lot of people point this out, especially the birds with friends guys. But when Hertz is throwing in rhythm, in the cadence of the play, He's got the arm and I think the arm talent to make deep throws. He's got good arm strength. And I think he's made a lot of good deep throws when he's doing that. When he's scrambling a bit and the play's dead and he's just launching it up there, yeah. he underthrows it. Which I mean, maybe it's something he to doesn't work remember. On. There's there's one or getting times set, he targeted right? Devontae yesterday that he underthrew him. He underthrew Devontae at the beginning of the game, right? Yeah. Beginning. Yes. Of the game. Yeah. 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 Because Devontae, 
I guess we can start transitioning into more outside of Hurts and towards the running backs receivers. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I, I think basically the takeaway for both of us is like Hurts was fine. If yeah, the offense was designed to get bit better. better. I, I, I think, I think we'll get into Sirianni later, but I think the goal. Yeah, I'll save this for later. I'll save this for later. We, let's let's go to. Uh, yeah. Okay, we'll do running backs receivers in one. I think for the most part, like I mean, Sanders did what he did. Like he did. Like it wasn't a amazing game by the running backs in general like not a great run game but i think a lot of it's also on the offensive line when brooks went down obviously that's a big loss they were getting kind of getting thrown into the fire his first active week in the nfl yeah they were getting beat badly on the line of scrimmage in the second half of the game there was a lot of yeah a lot of 49ers in the backfield for when sanders i thought gainwell played pretty well and i think it's just interesting again second straight week where boston scott doesn't touch the field yeah, I don't know what the deal with that is, but clearly they don't trust him back there, or they just really like Kenny Gainwell. I mean, I I really like Kenny Gainwell. He looked good, honestly. If I'm the Eagles, I'm I'm looking into Boston Scott trade, see if the team throw you a late round pick. Late third for Boston Scott. I don't think you're gonna get that. But I didn't say late third. I said late round. Oh, late round. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. No, I mean, no, I mean, look, I, I don't think third. he's. I don't think he's. I would. I wouldn't mind keeping him in case Gainwell goes down or. or I mean, neither would I. But you also have Jordan Howard. They're like, don't get me wrong. Jordan Howard's yeah. not the best. Running back in the it's world. It's interesting. Anymore. It's just it's just two. Yeah. It's just they just have two backs in there right now, which is very interesting. Oh yeah, it, but it's it will be. They it was just kind of irrelevant the running game yesterday. Like they were, they didn't really do much. They weren't really involved in the passing game at all. I think Gainwell had a few catches that were. It. I don't think Sanders. Did Sanders even have a catch yesterday. I don't think he even had a catch yesterday. I don't remember him having. Well, maybe a check down at the end of the game. Maybe a check down at the end of the game, but like. Overall, I think your your main running back right now is it kind of seems like it's Jalen Hurts in the sense of all these plays are breaking down, and then Jalen Hurts just goes off for a lot of it was also in garbage time for Hurts' running yards yesterday, but like he goes off and runs for 20 yards. Yeah, that I, look, I can get into that now. It is what I was gonna say is that the Eagles offense, I think, should be designed more like the Baltimore Lamar Jackson offense. Um, I, I kind of agree with that there. L- let me ask you: You think Lamar Jackson is a, is a is a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Like, you think he can win a Super Bowl as as a franchise quarterback? I'd say probably. I'd say there's a good chance. He has to have a pretty solid team around him. Yeah, he looked, he's looked good the past two weeks. I will say that he kind of I mean, choked the game away week one against the Raiders. Yeah, I mean last night he did very well. Like, did you see the pass that he threw to yeah. Marquise Brown for the touchdown? Yeah. Where he's jumping in the middle of the air. He, he he he's like a I would say probably like what top top eight top seven quarterback. I'd say top eight. Yeah, right. So Lamar Jackson, I wouldn't say is an above average pocket passer. He's probably an no, average. He's not. He likes to get right? out of the pocket, likes to run the ball. But he's probably the most prolific running quarterback the NFL has seen since Michael Vick. Easy. And and what Baltimore does an excellent job of is integrating that into their system. Now, I think the Eagles know that they want Jalen Hurts to develop more as a passer because right now he's sort of a below average pocket passer I'd agree. and a top three running quarterback. It's Lamar, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts are three of the best are the three best running quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. And I don't think that's particularly close either. So you have that, but but Hurts, I think, is pretty clearly the, the worst passer out of the three of those guys. Um, the other two who are pretty clearly franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, so I, I think, think Kyler's the, the best pass out of all three of them. Yeah, I think I agree. And I think that the Eagles know that and are making a concerted effort to, to, to develop Hurts as a pocket passer, especially in a season that we've known from the beginning is not one where they're contending for a Super Bowl. So I think they're making an effort to ensure that he's and he's done and they've done that. And I know Hurts this year, unlike last year, has been reluctant to just break the pocket and run. 
he's staying in there. He's looking, trying to get through his progressions and throw the ball more than he's looking to run the ball. Sort of like what they did with Russell Wilson at the beginning of his career, where they're encouraging him to stay in the pocket and go through his progressions before he runs. But the upshot, the downside of that, and by downside, I mean like the problem with that is that he's not that great of a pocket passer right now. So in the interim between him developing as a passer and now, there are going to be plays where the Eagles probably would be better off just letting him design the offense with him as a, pr- a primary runner, dual threat quarterback with a lot of read option, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of play action, a lot of crosses over the middle, rollouts to the right, rollouts to the left, whatever it is, getting him moving on his feet that I think they're reluctant to call just because they know that that's not what they want Hurts to turn into. Now, I think the offense would be better if he did that but I can't really knock them for saying we want him to develop as a pocket passer. But I think that makes them a worse team right now trying to do that. I think they're trying to see in the sense Sirianni obviously knows his job safe after this year because he's a first year head coach. Yeah. I mean, he's not going, I think he's, he's also, not going he like see, one in 16. Yeah. yeah, no, he's not going one sixteen. And I also think they want to see is Jalen hurts their franchise quarterback, or they're going to have to go in and dip into this right. quarterback class next year. And this quarterback class is not great. Right. Like 2023 is where you're looking at quarterback class. And obviously we've talked about it on previous spots. We're not going to talk about it today, but you can talk about trading for other quarterbacks and whatnot, but well, that's a different topic for a different day. Right. But yeah, the running backs, running game, meh. Uh, wide receivers. I think the wide receivers did well, but there's also a lot of plays where Hurts had to stand in there and none of them would create separation, which is obviously the huge problem last year. Devontae Smith has double teamed a good amount. Yeah, what did you see that. with Devontae? What do you think? There was definitely a good amount of double teams there. And like there's a few times where he was open. Hurts, obviously, we talked about it earlier, missed him on a few throws, but he was open like a few plays, but they they did pretty well double teaming him. Because you even saw like Quez Watkins and Rager, they weren't double teamed. They're letting them beat him one-on-one because obviously those two guys aren't established receivers. And even Devontae Smith's a first-year receiver, and teams are already doing this because they know he's pretty freaking good. Like he's going to go, he creates separation, he wins off the line of scrimmage. Right. But I do think that the Eagles and Sirianni with their game plan, they were sending Devontae a lot of the times down the sideline. When I think Devontae should be working more towards the middle of the field because mm-hmm. he has more like space to work, route running. Obviously, he's very good at creating separation. So I think that's what they should more focus on. They did it a lot week one against the Falcons and it worked pretty good, except for you know the touchdown catch where he worked more towards like the front pylon. But still, I think. And even if what did Arcega Whiteside, I think, was only in on running plays or like screen passes where he could block. He took eight snaps. Yeah. So it's either running plays or screen passes where he could block. Who's the fifth receiver? Uh, Greg Ward. The only time I saw Greg Ward is when he failed the Philly special. 21 snaps. Yeah. And then so they're running three tight or three tight ends, three wide receivers right now. And it's only three wide receivers. And even then, Quez Watkins, I think, only plays 50% of the snaps, if I remember correctly. Quez, I have down, I'm looking at the snap counts right now. Yeah, 50, 50 even. 50 even. So it's like a lot of these times, half these plays are running two receiver or two receiver. Right, with, with, with heavy, heavy usage of Goddard. Yeah, but even then, we talked about it earlier, like get the tight ends involved. These guys are good tight ends. They create, yeah. not as much even they create separation, but. No, but they can Goddard's go up and get at ball, yeah. They can go up and get a ball. Goddard can get yards after the catch. Obviously, Zach Ertz cannot do that. But Goddard can go up and get a catch. We saw Ertz, I think, on the one had a third down conversion, which is exactly what they need him to do. A short mm-hmm. third and short, you have two tight ends who get you four to five yards easy. The one where Jalen Hurts rolled out to the – was it the right or the left? I think it was to the left. And he had Goddard in the flat. 
but it would have been a close play for the first down. But instead, he tries to launch it down the field 20 yards, and he overthrew. I don't even remember what the receiver was. It's probably Rager or Devontae. But I, at that point in the game, you need to just get the first down, and I'm doing my best. I'm giving it to Goddard and trusting Goddard to get that first down. I'm yeah. not going out of my way to try and get to one of the receivers who's pretty smothered, and it's farther and a harder pass. So I uh... – I agree with you. And I think what's interesting is they are targeting Devontae, but I feel like the targets aren't drawn up well. Like they're targeting him, but it feels like, like the they're kind of have no it. chance. Yeah. And I don't mind. I mean, he led the team in targets. It was Devontae with seven, Jalen Rager with five. Um, but he didn't have a particularly good game. I don't know. Well, I don't think they're designing. Catch, didn't he? he had two catches. They're not yes. look, he was open a number of times and Hurts missed him. But look, I I I don't think they're designing plays for specific receivers the way they were in week one. Like they were getting the ball into Quez's hands. They were getting the ball yeah. into Rager's hands. No, they I agree getting with the ball, Tight end screens. I want more plays, you know, fourth and goal from the three yard line. Why aren't we running Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Devonte Smith, all on either, either, you know, crossers over the middle or a quick slant to Devonte. I mean, you got three guys there that are tactful, smart route runners who can make plays in small contested areas. Unlike, you know, you're not running a play for Jalen Rager at the goal line. You're not running a play for Greg Ward, but those three guys are, are pretty, pretty special receivers. And I, I would have much preferred to have Jalen hurts in the pocket with ability to scramble with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz crossing over the middle or a quick slant to Devonte Smith and see if he can get in. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's my, like, I, I don't know. That's that 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 stuff started to frustrate me. But I think you're right. I mean, the receivers aren't to me a huge problem. They're they're more than competent. They have no. two. They have two good tight ends. Devonte Smith is pretty much what we were promised. Although, you know, they have to do a better job of getting him the ball and they getting need to create ability. certain play. Yeah, as we and said, space getting the ball in space because he's yeah. not had that much rack. And and look, you can tell how how respected he is already. Like you said, other teams are focusing a lot of coverage towards him, and it's difficult for him to get open. And this is the the bumps that rookie receivers will take. You're not expecting him to come in. Jamar and Chase only had two catches yesterday too, but I mean, obviously, one was a 40 yard touchdown. Jamar Chase, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you're not and 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 you know, if Hurts throws that ball better, Devontae Smith has three catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. It looks very different, feels very different. Yeah. Um, but like. You know, that's that's what the deal is with Rocher. It's a growing process. You're not expecting you're not expecting Devontae to come in and have the year that Justin Jefferson had mm. because you can't assume anybody comes in and have the year Justin Jefferson had. Justin Jefferson was one of the most like anomalies coming it's in. It's unreal what he did. I'm I'm looking at right now. I'm pulling up Justin Jefferson yesterday, six for sixty-five, which is good, but it's not the same as his like eight catch hundred yards a game he was having his rookie year. Yeah, he put First up game, over fourteen hundred yards last year. Through two games this season. Justin Jefferson has 11 catches for 136 yards, which is good. It's good. And how many yards did Devontae have yesterday? Devontae had like 28 yards. Yes. Devontae's, he's only 50 yards behind him, but still. Right. So he's wow. got 87, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's not the way Justin Jefferson warped our vision of what we think is possible from first year receivers, I think is not like, like, we're not expecting that. We're expecting 800 yeah, yards from like, Devontae Smith. Exactly. Same and he's got like 81 Chase for two games. It's like, yeah. Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle had four catches, I think, for like 40 yards yesterday with a fumble on top of it. Jamar Chase had two catches yesterday for like 50 yards and a touchdown. Like, right. So, realistic expectations here with. I'm Taylor not worried about Devontae. Hopes it's the franchise yeah. quarterback, you know? But yeah, not worried. I agree with you. Receivers didn't look bad. 
Yeah. They're not really, they're not a huge problem as they have been the past few years. Real quite quick, Neil Culpa on Quez Watkins. I told everybody he was going to be wide receiver five, and it didn't matter that he was making the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Fulgham got cut. I was wrong about that. Although I did predict him getting cut, but at the time in the second preseason game, I didn't think he was going to get cut. Uh, I think anyone did. Quez Watkins, firmly wide receiver three. Dude's a good player. Happy he's here. Good for the Eagles getting that's him in the sixth, man, sixth round. He's a good honestly, player. The one thing you saw yesterday with when Devontae wasn't involved was the speed of Rager and Watkins. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Watkins, pretty good wide receiver three. I'm, I'm happy with him. He's so Mia Culpa there. Uh, I mean, offensive talk, line. Yeah. Let's go off this line. I mean, there's not really much to talk about. I feel like besides the obviously, my lot is waiting on the results. My lot is killed it. Absolutely killed it. Tank. But yeah, obviously the big thing yesterday was the Brooks injury on the offensive line. Yeah, you so and I were we were chatting briefly about this. Looks like he either has a strain or a full tear of the pec. And yeah, Terry's um, out for the year. Yeah, Terry will be out for the year. I, 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 as I was telling you, I'm not too broken up about this. Obviously, Brandon Brooks is an unbelievable player. He's elite. Uh, he would be big help there. But I keep coming back to this, and and we should talk about Brandon Graham right now while we're talking about injuries. Yeah, um, well, Brandon Graham out for the year, Achilles injury. <clears throat> Excuse me, tough blow. Very tough. Blow. Obviously, the one of the Eagles' emotional leaders. Not as productive as a player as he was during the Super Bowl years, but he's still very good. Um, and, uh, you know, it's 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 going to suck. But I keep coming back to this thing about this year. The Eagles have a chance to make the playoffs because their division sucks, and they're now three wildcard spots. Yes. But the Eagles did take $30 million in dead cap from offloading Carson Wentz and are playing this year essentially as a punted year. Right, we are excited because it seems like this team has a chance to make some noise and has some juice. They're not rolling over and dying, but this, this is not a contending year. So, the fact that we lose Brandon Graham and the fact that we lose Brandon Brooks, two core players, is not as debilitating as I thought it might be. Particularly because there is depth along the offense uh, along both sides of the line, and more importantly, the depth along both sides of the line are young players that I would like to see get action. And obviously we'll talk about Josh White. It's devastating for Brooks, devastating, especially for Brandon Graham, who is one of the greatest Eagles of all time. And I feel real, I feel really bad for him. And, and it's, I'm, I'm heartbroken for the other guys on the defensive line who were expressing a lot of sympathy and, and were, and were upset with it. But, um, you know, Josh Sweat just got a contract extension, pretty good value, but he's being paid like a low-end starter. So he's going to have to come in and start producing like a starter. So he's going to have to make good on that contract earlier than we expected. On the other side, Len Dickerson, second-round pick, thrown into that action, didn't play well yesterday. Some rookie struggles. That's okay. But Brooks is going to miss some time, whether it's the whole year or not. Yeah, no, he's definitely We're going to have to see Landon Dickerson. So we're going to have to see some returns on these young guys who are going to be central parts of the Eagles' future, right? Dickerson, Sweat, Mylata. Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager. Those are the guys that for the next five years are going to be core pieces of your team. And we're going to get to see two of them more than we expected we would this year. So we'll see, but obviously heartbreaking news. And uh, other than that, I didn't, I thought the offensive line was fine. They got blown off the ball a number of times and really got beat yeah. up in the second half. I mean, it's but... not much you're going to do about it. Like they'll figure it, it out. The penalties were a lot better this week in that sense though. They yeah. didn't do many. I think and if the like offensive line is losing... start, maybe. If offensive line is losing battles, they're not going to win games. Yeah, uh, and I think the offensive line chances. will usually win their battles, especially when they're healthy and they got to stay healthy. But you know, the 49ers got a good defensive front. Very good. You would have liked to see 
better push from the Eagles offensive line, but it's not really something I'm worried about long-term. And if it is a problem long-term, we got bigger problems to worry about team-wise. I mean, the, the year is pretty much dead if the offensive line isn't good. So yeah, that's I, I am a little bit concerned switching over to the defense about the defensive line. Do you, do you think it's a problem they haven't been get generating sacks? I mean, there's a little bit of pressure, but. um, It's only one game. In it, cause they, they beat up on Ryan, I feel like, pretty good last week. Obviously, Atlanta sucks. But yesterday, they didn't really do it that much. I mean, you're also going against – Hall of Famer Trent Williams, who's still one of the best tackles in the NFL. But in general, I'm not overly concerned about it yet. They play a very good Dallas offensive line. Obviously, next week, no Lyle Collins will be nice for the Eagles. But they play a good Dallas offensive line. Zach Martin's back, had a great game yesterday. For, or yeah, yesterday they played yesterday for them. I'm not terribly concerned yet. You're going to see a lot more, obviously, a lot more Ryan Kerrigan now, a lot more Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, as we – also, he got a nice little contract extension over this over the weekend. We did not talk about that, but congrats to Sweat. Very well deserved. Good deal for the Eagles. That's all I'll say about it for now. But I think they need to find a way to get more pressure. They did not blitz the 49ers very often yesterday. I was reading about that earlier today. I forget who. I think it might have been NBC, someone NBC Philly might have said or wrote an article about it. But they did not blitz the 49ers almost at all. They let they let their front four kind of just go to work and do their thing. And they did good. The front four did good in stopping the run, but they they created. There's a few times they created some pressure on Jimmy G. Nothing crazy, but they even, I don't think they even got to him once yesterday, did they? I don't think they had any sacks, but there was no, a little bit so. of pressure. There's some pressure there that, and obviously at the beginning of the game too, you saw Jimmy G missing a lot of his throws because of the pressure. But obviously towards the second half of the game, it was bad. The last drive of the second or the first half was that when they scored the touchdown, right? Last drive of the first half. Yeah. And it just kind of, after that, it just kind of went all went downhill. When the Eagles didn't convert on that fourth and goal, it's when it all started going downhill. Yeah. Um, I think there's also, look, teams are starting to do things to negate the Eagles' pass rush because it's quite strong. So they're getting the ball out quickly. They're, uh, they're they're doing they're running screens, which I think the Eagles did a pretty fine job with. I'm not too concerned about it, but I would like to see a game where they dominate. Shanahan's offense. Shanahan's offense is all short passes to the screen. So annoying. Like there wasn't a did they have a pass travel more than twenty yards in the air yesterday? I don't know. It's just I don't like, think I, so. I hate the Niners, dude. That team was really. Shanahan's has a huge ego on his head. Like no, really I, I annoying so to play against that team. I, I I don't really have much else to say about. Okay, here's what I'll say generally about the defense outside of the specific position groups. I I think the defense is getting off a little bit easy recently. Uh, I know a lot of people are happy with their performance, and and as was I. You hold the team to seventeen points. There's not much to complain about, especially one that scored forty one the week prior. Um, and you held them to seven points in the first half. Uh, for the most part, they had done a really, really good job. But here's what I'll say: two things. One, Garoppolo is awful. I mean, the, that guy is is absolutely horrendous. He, he was leaving. He was leaving so many yards on the field. Third downs, like the Eagles' defense was playing well, but Garoppolo was missing throws, just flat out missing open receivers. And the second thing is that when it came down to it in the second half, the Eagles were getting grinded down. We're giving up every third down imaginable. And the same problems that pissed me off under Jim Schwartz were there again yesterday, which is that this team can't get off the field on big third downs. And I don't care. I don't care how few points you give up. In a low-scoring game, when the other team, its entire purpose in the second half is just milking the clock and running the football, and they can do it at will and go 90 yards on you twice in the end of the second half to score touchdowns, that's a problem. 
That's a problem. And you've got to get off the field, right? Like, I don't care that you can stop them on first down and second down and keep them in third and manageable for them or third and long. And, you know, they're playing well. If you give up third and eight in big high leverage spots, that's a big problem. That is a huge problem. If you're giving up boneheaded Derek Barnett personal fouls, if you are. Yeah, that one was bad. I was so mad at him for that one. If you're getting called for a DPI in the end zone on third and goal, I mean, like these are bad, bad things. And the Eagles had a chance to win that game despite all the offensive miscues because the defense kept them in in the first half and the defense could have won them the game in the second half if they made just a few stops on third down. And there's one, there's just a few stops. That's all we needed was a couple of third downs, third and longs that they could have gotten off the field. At the end of the game, the Fort Niners are looking at second and nine. All the Eagles need to do is stop them and a touchdown wins the game. And they give up nine yards to Kyle Juszczyk. <laughs> the fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, is getting nine yards and sitting on the sticks on second and nine. The Eagles did not lose the game on that third and one that the delay of the should have been delay of game that they just should rushed it for like eight yards. They didn't lose the game there. They lost the game to play prior when they gave up nine yards to the fullback on a pass. And that's what I'm talking about. Like these high leverage spots, the defense was fine. You, you should win games where you keep the opponent to 17 points, but you're going to lose games if the opponent is marching down your throat and converting every big third down and just milking clock over and over and over again. And that was my problem with the defense. And it was really frustrating to watch. And the Niners, especially Garoppolo, are not that dangerous of a team, in my opinion. They were down cornerbacks. They were down their running backs. There's no reason why they should be marching on you like that for the entire second half. I think the defense could have played much better in the second half. Um, and, and it's primarily because it was, again, like I mentioned, it was just the third downs over and over and over again. Just get off the field. Get off the freaking field. Make a stop. One play. Make yeah. a stop. I think that just goes overall, just wrapping up the whole observations of the game. Uh, the defense... Yeah, they weren't. They were good, but as you said, did not make many stops. Alex Singleton did not look good yesterday. He missed a lot of tackles. He got run over yeah. a few times. The linebackers are killing us then. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And you said, I think it was you who sent the tweet in the group chat. Who was like, "Hey, we need a linebacker." It was yeah, Seth I Joyner's. think it was Seth Joyner who was Seth freaking Joyner. out about the Eagles. Not all caps. And they could use a linebacker. I think Eric Wilson actually did pretty good yesterday, but Edwards doesn't play on passing downs. So it's really Singleton, and Singleton missed a lot of tackles yesterday. Normally, Singleton's very good, very reliable, puts up, you know, 10, 15 tackles a game, doesn't really get thrown around like a ragdoll. But yesterday, he got destroyed, which is not what you want to see. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I don't really have much else on that. I, I don't want to talk that much about Sirianni. I think his decisions were fine. It's just the play calling sucked. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, I like calling. being aggressive. I like going for fourth downs. I like you know, trying to, I don't know. It's just like this short yardage play call suck. And we've been laboring that point over and over and over again, but they really do suck. They did a lot of rollouts on the short yardage play calls. And as much as sometimes rollouts do work, but they're also very predictable. Right. And the two point conversion was the right decision. We've talked about this before on the podcast, but when you're down 14 late in games and need two touchdowns, you always go for two. It's about a, it's about a 50, 50. It's about a 50, 50 proposition of, of converting a two point conversion. Yeah. Um, so if you get the first one, you win the game. If you miss the first one, you get 50, 50 on the second chance. So, you know, 25% of the time you're, you're in the same place as you would have been kicking two field goals. 50% of the time you win the game and 25% of the time you screw up, you miss two, two point conversions. But I mean, look, you have two chances to get two yards and get in the end zone. 
you have to be you have to be converting those if you want to win games. So I two point conversion was smart. No, I agree. I didn't really have gripes about his decisions, just the play calling and that's play sort of calling. Thing. Yeah, no, I I agree with all the decisions. The fourth and goal, I loved going for that. It was the yeah. play call that sucked, especially because that felt like if, if they had just settled for three there, it would have been just as deflating as as missing the fourth down because they had drilled all the way down the field. Yeah, right, exactly. They needed the touchdown. I agree with the idea to go for it. You're like, how many other opportunities were you going to get to have another play? Possibly score a touchdown inside the five yard line. It was just. Yeah. It's not good play calls. Very, and he owned it. He owned call. it after the game. No, he owned it. He was very, yeah. he's like, hey, we lost that game because of me. I yeah. made some very bad play calls. And it's good for him. Right. It's a learning curve, right? These guys are young. Like we said, I'm not like guys torn under up about 40 this years loss. old. He's I'm never not, coached in the NFL before. Or I'm, not torn, I'm not torn up about this game because, you know, Niners are a good team. And I think by the end of the year, they're going to be one of the better ones in the NFC. But you had a team who was playing in second consecutive East, basically East Coast. They were in Detroit last week, so not really. But like second consecutive road game across the country. Early in the season, which is when teams that are typically going to be good and weren't good last year are still figuring out their new identity. They still have their bad quarterback in instead of the good quarterback they drafted high. And this was a chance to steal a game. And you saw that because the Niners came out flat in the first in the first half. And we're bad in the first half. We're getting dominated. And this was a chance that you could have stolen this game from them. And you didn't. And it sucks. But yeah, look, you showed that you can hang with a team that's probably more, probably better than you and will be better than you when the season ends. You, you should have stolen the game. NFL seasons are only 17 games. You got to steal games when you have the chance. You didn't. Yeah. It's bad. You got to pick your head up and go, go to war next week. And we don't have to get into Dallas because hopefully we'll have a preview pod on Friday or Saturday. But you know, you've played two games this season. One of them, you flat out dominated a worse team. Another one, you left a game out there. You hung with a good team. Sloppy. You should have won, but you left opportunities out there. And ultimately, you lost. So next week is going to determine what kind of team are you. Yeah, especially against Dallas. Like You need, you need to win that game because after Dallas, you go with next four games are hard games. You have Kansas City, down things, uh, Carolina, and then Tampa. Tampa, yeah. I think there's one more, isn't there? There's a game after that. I think they're going to Vegas. Uh, and yeah, Vegas looks good right now. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, look, this is a tough. This is a tough part of the schedule. I mean, this is. I I, I think actually I feel better about their chances in Dallas because they lost and Dallas won. If if you were going into that game two and zero and Dallas was zero and two. Yeah, no, uh, I, I get what you're saying there. You know, football is a game of emotions. Who needs the game more? You know, at any on any given Sunday, a desperate team can beat a better team who's kind of falling asleep. Now stakes are even Dallas doesn't need this game anymore. Neither do the Eagles, but both teams get up for it. It's, it's Cowboys week. I mean, like this is Sirianni's first chance. He's been pandering to the fans since even the second both he got teams here. were absolutely awful. Or one team with Eagles were two and 11 going to this game. You get hyped for it. It's Dallas week. Everyone oh yeah. This game. Oh yeah. Let's. So I mean, we'll get, we'll get deep into Dallas on our preview pod, but this is big. This is a big, big spot. Yeah. I don't care if they lose the next three games after this, they got to beat Dallas. Statement yeah. game. It's a let's, statement um, game. Let's go into how about Carson Wentz and Tua Tagovailoa? Okay, yeah, we'll come to the draft picks quickly right now. Um, well, I mean, let's talk like Tua. They got first of all, Dolphins got blown out today, but Tua got hurt. Tua got and hurt. He's gonna miss about two to three weeks, I think. It's they, they said one to three. They play the Raiders this weekend, so I think the Raiders are gonna beat them there, especially if Tua's out. Right. Because they said there's a chance Tua plays this week, but it's like with bruised ribs, it's more of a pain tolerance thing than oh. Medication. I don't think they want to risk shot. it either. They don't want to risk. They probably it. don't want to risk it either, because they are one and one right now. 
And even with Tua playing this weekend, they probably would lose because the Raiders do. We've mentioned a few times on the podcast, Raiders look pretty good. Yeah, not bad. And then Carson okay. Wentz. I mean, who saw this coming? Oh, shock. Carson Wentz is hurt. Yeah. So I figured out why. Like, I, it's taken me a while to figure it out, but seeing him in, an, in another team, I think it's easier for me to see what his problem is. The dude called the ball so, and we talked about it here, but it's so apparent that every play he's trying to score a touchdown and he holds the ball until he's killed. And so he gets like crushed in the pocket because he doesn't get the ball away, he doesn't protect his body. He has. Something in his, doesn't. Both of his Pat McAfee. I showed you at the beginning of the podcast. Pat McAfee's like, dude, this dude literally does not protect his body. No, I mean, he runs like, around like, like he thinks he's like a little wide receiver, and if he gets hit, he's indestructible. But I hate to break it to you, Carson. You've gotten hurt besides your rookie year every year. He broke his ribs in the preseason in his rookie year. Yeah, but he played all 17 or 16 games against that year. So it doesn't really matter to me. So, uh, I yeah, I don't think we're getting that first round pick. Is the bit he's gotten t- hurt twice in the so. first it's month. Both ankles, suits, not just one. Yeah. Both ankles are sprains. Yeah, I mean, look, maybe he misses. Well, he has two to games, pay. How many he has to play? 12 Seventy percent. Seventy percent. Uh, I think it's twelve. Say, twelve of seventeen would be seventy percent. Is that seventy? They need, well, they need it's, they need seventy five. He's okay. already played two games, right? He's already played yeah. two games, so it's it's two, you would only need. 10 of the next 15 to get to 70%. And if they miss the Is playoffs, they, no, it's 75. They're not the then playoffs. you're really in trouble. Yeah. I don't think we're getting it, but it's fine. Right. Like, they're they're going to stay. Hey, if the season ended today, Nader, we'd have the fourth, the 10th and the 16th pick. Yeah. Pretty good. Huh? Yeah. Just that's a uh, fourth pick right there. Gets you Derek Stingley. All I'm going to say. <laughs> Probably finally gets Steven Nelson out of here. I like he played good yesterday. Yeah, he's there. He's fine. I'm, I'm messing around. He's fine. If he's yeah. good, they resigned him too. Darius Slay looked good again yesterday. I, I will say two things, by the way. Well, as, as we're wrapping up here and getting to final thoughts, Eagles have done a good job keeping taking care of the football. Very good. They probably should have lost a fumble yesterday, but they've done a good job taking care oh, of the Oh, the Jack stole recovery. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Uh, that's one. And two, they need to do a better job forcing takeaways. They could have had a pick yesterday. Anthony Harris dropped the pick. Could have had a pick. They could have had two or three fumble recoveries. They could have had two fumble drive. recoveries. They, they need to start creating more turnovers because games where the turnover battle is 0-0 are going to be tough games to win. You want to win the turnover battle. You want to steal possessions for your offense. That's how you win games in this league. right? The offense yeah. is doing its job, taking care of the football. Yeah, defense needs to start to be more opportunistic. They cannot just keep bending and not breaking and playing solid defense and you're going against a very good Dallas offense next week. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we're going to have a lot of trouble with CD lamb, Amari Cooper gallops out, right? Gallup is out three to five so weeks. It's CD lamb and, and Amari Cooper. We're going to have a lot of trouble Pollard with that out there. Like if the Eagles can't stop these screen passes to little Jamichael hasty, Tony Pollard's going to eat them up. It's I'm not be... worried about Zeke at all. Honestly, not one bit. It's we're Tony Pollard. Need... That, that he's, he's, uh, he sucks. We're going to need we're going to need a, a seriously big performance from the defensive line. On, uh, we don't have to get into the preview now, but next no, week, no, but yeah, big week. Cause the, the secondary is not going to hold up we're going to need big, big week from the, from the defensive line. Yes. I agree with you there. Uh, right, get into some final thoughts. Anything else we want to talk about? What do you think about the division right now? Dallas? I mean, uh, Dallas looks <laughs> it's like it's wide open. Favorite. I don't see, I don't see any team besides the giants. I don't see any team that's giants stink right? run away. Going to run away with this division. Giants. Dallas almost that Dallas probably should have lost yesterday to, to Los Angeles. Yeah. Look, Dallas is right now. Harper made some at, stupid right, throws. Let's, let's look at five, five thirty eight right now has Cowboys 52% Eagles, 25% Washington, 15% and giants at 8%. So about, about giants, what we expected. Giants, I, my opinion, in my mind, giants are out of this. Giants point. are dead. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, 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 and it's really what's Washington is. I didn't understand. Defense, First of all, their defense, if they're letting up 29, what was it? 
what was the score of the game last 30, week? 30, 29. 29. Yeah. So if they're letting up 29 points to Daniel Jones in that Giants offense, their defense is not as good as everyone thought they would be. And I'm one of those people. I thought their defense was going to be like top five. You know, you got Chase Young, Montez Sweat, a few good defenders back there. Uh, and they do have a good defense. They just no, have they do. But they just haven't been that top five defense. Like it's like it's a bit, definitely above average, but it's beatable. As you saw, if, Ch- if Daniel Jones can put 29 points on that defense, Jalen Hurts can put 29 points on that defense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's also obviously a lot with them is the quarterback situation. Taylor Heineke, he didn't look bad, but he's also playing again the Giants. It's, ta- plays- it's Taylor, it's Taylor freaking Heineke. Yeah, they're playing the Bills this weekend. Let's see how they look after that game, you know? They need I need more of a sample size from Washington. Terry McLaurin, obviously, Terry McLaurin goes off every week. He's a phenomenal receiver. But so we, yeah, 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 you go. Correct. I, I and I was gonna say that like I don't I don't understand what Washington was doing, not getting a quarterback in this last draft. Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke. Are I would have risked it all for a quarterback. Fields, who was falling. So yeah, they picked what 19? I'm not worried about Taylor Heineke and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think Dallas is the clear-cut favorite for the division right now. And that I can change if we beat them on Monday. So clear look, cut, the Eagles are yes. squarely in there. But no, yeah, the Eagles also need to win this Monday night game because we mentioned it. They have a very tough schedule after that. That's yeah. three, four games. Yeah. So they need to win that Monday night game. But it's also Dallas has flaws too. That defense still is not good. Trayvon Diggs is having a pretty good year to start the year off, but I don't think he's going to be able to sustain it the whole course of the year. The Here's offense, a, here, they have yeah. no run game right now. It's the it's all Dak passing, and they have a great receiving core. Obviously, we know this. Yeah, real quick. Uh, here's the last tweet just now from my sports update. Hmm. Eagles left tackle Jordan Mailata was PFF's highest-graded yeah. offensive lineman Sunday with a 91.2 overall, zero pressures, zero QB hits, zero sacks. Mailata never played football at any level until 2018. He signed a big four-year, $64 million extension before week one. It's ridiculous. Just thinking about how we went I from- love. I love that guy. No, so do I, but just thinking about how lucky Eagles fans are, left tackle, yeah. arguably the most important position on the offensive yeah. line. Would you agree with me there? Yes. Yeah. You go from Hall of Famer Jason Peters. Obviously, he wasn't great in his last two years here, but Hall of Famer. No, for Hall of Famer, yes. Yeah. For, you go from Hall of Famer Jason Peters to Jordan Mailata. You know how lucky they are, too, with coming seventh-round pick, coming in there. Jason Peters was an undrafted free agent. He came into yep. the league as a tight end. Yep. Credit to Howie Roseman for the Mylotta pick credit. and credit for Howie Roseman for the last 20 years. Not all him, obviously. It's been different regimes, but the Joe Eagles Banner. have placed an emphasis on the offensive line and and my and and credit Banner. to Roseman for doing that. And look, at, right now, too. we should talk. Yeah, oh, absolutely, Stalin. And Mylotta, who's put in a lot of work. And, yeah, uh, very much. He deserves that contract. Honestly, if they got this contract, if this contract wasn't happening until after the season, it would have been $30 million more. So, and the last thing I'll say is like, in today's NFL, defensive ends are switched up a little bit more. Right tackle is is arguably you know just as important as left tackle. It's not the blind side of most quarterbacks, but it's important, yeah. and probably the second most you know one of the most, obviously one of the most important positions on a football team. Right tackle, mm. and Lane Johnson's been there for eight years. A so credit again to the Eagles. They've done a good job with the offensive Kelsey. defensive lines. It's time and Kelsey. It's time for that to pay off this week. This Remember is a big game. Man. This yeah, is a big no, big great game. game. We'll do it definitely do a preview pod. But, Huge uh, game. Uh, you remember over the offseason when we signed Brooks, so everyone was clamoring for Jeff Allen too. And Jeff Allen busted pretty big. And then he signed Brooks, and everyone's like, all right, he's not bad. And now, obviously, he's been hurt the past two years, but he was so good for so long. You know, you got to give Howie Roseman credit for that, going after Brandon Brooks instead of going after Jeff Allen, who I think got even a bigger deal than Brandon Brooks. Brooks was awesome. Brooks was an awesome signing. Yeah. So it's like, you're, you're doing good. 
Any other final thoughts you got, Max? I think we really mostly hit everything. Yeah, I think we hit everything, you know. Eagles killed themselves more than the 49ers killed them. This is a defining moment for the Eagles season this week. Uh, You've had two games, like I mentioned, one good, one bad. This is a chance to define the trajectory of your season. Either you're going to fall to one and two, losing a big game against a division rival, and staring down the battle of having to play both of the Super Bowl uh, teams twice in three weeks. Yeah. Or you win this game. Prove yourself as capable of winning this division. Give yourself a leg up in that race. Start the division off 1-0 and in, in the Nick Sirianni era. And enter a tough stretch of your season having the confidence that, hey, maybe we can steal one of these games because we're a pretty good team. Or They're both at maybe, home. They could maybe steal one of them. Right? Or, maybe we, or maybe we don't. But the good news is we're 1-0 in the division. We've already beaten Dallas once. And we're going to have an easy stretch at the end of the year with the Jets, the Giants, Washington, and Dallas again. That's going to define our season. We just have to tread water until then. So this is a yeah. big moment. Either they're going to fight, fall behind the eight ball with a lot of big games coming up, or they're going to have a chance to prove that this team is capable of winning the division. They are serious, and this is not just a rebuilding exercise with a bunch of young players, a young staff, and a quarterback they don't believe in. So this, I think this is honestly one of the – I wish it was Sunday night instead of Monday night. Monday night's yeah, lame. I but hate waiting. It does give the Eagles an extra day to travel. Um, extra day to travel, extra game. But it sucks if they lose, they have a less – yeah, I mean it's fine. They're, they're losing to for, the Chiefs for anyway. Kansas City too. They're losing to the Chiefs anyway, so whatever. Hey, hey, hey. Um, um, but yeah, you know, sucked losing yesterday, but especially coming after that Week One win. Yeah, but, I know, mean, we saw look, some good, saw some bad. By. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. So, All right, wrap it up. Yeah, I don't think I got any other final thoughts. Uh, keep on rooting for the Colts and the Dolphins to lose. Hope you better hope Carson Wentz is healthy. And it, look, by the way, just a reminder, if Carson Wentz is not healthy, you still want the Colts to lose because the 37th overall pick is far, far more valuable. Than 37, like, but let's talk about like 34, 35th. Right. So like if the, if the Colts bottom out and Wentz isn't playing, we still get their second round pick and that might be a high second round pick. And look, honestly, a high second round pick got a lot of value, a whole lot of value. Two firsts and two seconds. That's still good. It's not three first round picks, but it's still really some ammo to ammunition to do something with. Yeah. Seriously do something with. So no, I agree. Whoever the Colts, right. I, I just posted who the Colts are playing. I think they're playing somebody good again. No, they have a really tough first five weeks. I know and, that. And they might be without Wentz. So who do they play this week? I know the rate. The, I'll pull it up. Oh, the Dolphins play the Raiders. Yeah. Here's what we got. That, Eagles, that's a loss. Eagles at Cowboys, Monday Night Football. Yeah. Giants versus Falcons, one o'clock on Fox. Giants might actually win a game. Football team at Buffalo, one o'clock on Fox. Colts at Titans, one o'clock at CBS. Titans should win that game. Dolphins at Raiders. Raiders should win that game, four o'clock CBS. Yeah. So quick quick update, too, by the way, in our fantasy league. I'm about to be 0 2 because I'm I'm a fraud. Uh, And Max. Donovan and I have been doing a pigskin pick'em because Jay was too lazy to join it. And, I think I'm in last for that. Uh, you are in last for that. I have Donovan leads the pack, 17 correct uh, answers, 16 for me, 14 for Max. I'll come back. I won week two. You guys both. I I, I hit nine so far in week two, and you guys both hit eight. Let's see who we all have for Sunday. I have. I think we probably all have Green Bay for Sunday. Yeah, I picked Green Bay. Yeah. So. Anyway, yeah, the survivor pool. We just picked this week at survivor pool. I had uh I had Cleveland, I think. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> they won. I should be fine. They did win. Yeah, I had Cleveland. So I'm I'm yeah. two I'm two and oh there. I, I I don't know if there's a I don't I don't I, I don't know how to see what Donovan's been doing in this. Yeah, who knows? Who cares? He probably lost already. 
what's his uh ooh, i have no idea two people in this group had have the packers tonight who how many people are in the group like 20 uh it's fif- 15 and six have already lost oh it's just like 20 what's your what's your name max's mind-blowing pick set yeah probably you're up in there yeah no i, I, I mean i picked see. i did rams last week and i did Browns this week. I did. I did Bucks, and then I, I should have lost Week One, which is very funny. But whatever. Did you pick Week One? Bucks. Oh, who cares? You won. You escaped, right? You're right. Nice <laughs> All, All right. right. That's it from us. It was five stars. Look out for the preview pod coming this week for Dallas week. Yeah, we got a preview Dallas game. Oh, definitely going to. But a lot uh, of juice, baby. A lot of juice. A lot of juice. Let's go, birds, and uh, we'll see you guys some later this week. Peace. Peace.